Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. I had some strange things happen with this word this week. Uh, honestly, there's no doubt. <laughs> there's no doubt in my mind. And when I begin to share with you, Everything that has been said this morning, everything that Mike said, everything that Joy said this morning, uh, you're going to see, I love the continuity of the Holy Spirit. I love his continuity, how that he builds on this step, on this step, and then to this step to get where he wants. You know, I, I don't believe that we truly understand the magnitude spiritually of the time we're in. I don't think we've, we've got it in here maybe, but I don't think we've gotten it here yet, the magnitude of this time. And how, how uh, valuable and how important a time this is. I, I, I had something happen to me with this that I, it happened twice. Uh, I, I woke up Wednesday, early Thursday morning, preaching this work out of my sleep. I did the same thing this morning. I woke up preaching this word. I dreamed of preaching this word. I never do that. Never do that. But what I'm going to share with you this morning, and I'm really going to try to be done on time. We'll see. Um, what I'm going to share with you this morning will be the building block. This will be the thing that carries us into the time that we're heading into. We are not waiting, and we are not waiting for the move of God to come. We are not waiting for revival. We are not hoping anymore for the move of God. Open your eyes because we are there. If if you're not seeing it, then you need to turn off whatever it is that you're watching and start tuning into the Spirit. Start looking at the same and see what God is doing. I'm going to preach this this morning whether you want me to or not, so just just strap it on because we're, we're going to do this. But what I'm going to share with you this morning is the thing that is going to propel the church, the remnant, the bride, into the fullness of what God is going to do and is doing. 
The title of what I'm going to talk to you about this morning is called In Zion's Realm. In Zion's Realm. There's a place that, that, that God is taking his people to that is so far beyond what the church has experienced to this point. Uh, I grew up I grew up in a Pentecostal church. Now, when I say Pentecostal church, my dad was a hair on fire, old-time Pentecost preacher. He'd, he'd stand in the front row, and he'd, he'd spray the first three rows as he was preaching. He always preached with a hanky, and I, wa- I watched him use that hanky from anything from David's sling to Elijah's mantle and everything in between. So, I've, folks, I've seen God move. I could sit here for an hour and tell you of just things that I've seen God do. But I also know that what I've seen God do in the past does not even compare to what God is going to do now. Come on, somebody help me this morning. What what God is getting ready to perform and what God is starting to perform is going to surpass anything. See, we talked last week about being that person that when the world looks at us or when they hear about us, they say, I, I, I've heard about you. I've heard about you. I'm going to tell you this morning, this church is going to be that type of church to where when that ch- our, our church is mentioned, they're going to say, I, I've heard of that church. I've heard people go there and they get healed. I've heard that people go there and they get delivered from things. So I'm, 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 I'm heading there. That, that's where I think I need to go there so that I can get what I need. Come on, some of you act like you don't believe what I'm telling you. You better get ready. I was reading, I haven't even started yet. Somehow I ended up as an administrator on, on the church's Facebook page. I have no clue how that happened. But I was reading something. Um, somebody had said about they had brought somebody that, that was on, on, on the way to sobriety. And that they, they had come to church and they, they were coming and somebody had invited them. And then at the bottom, somebody else said, Pastor Sean, better get ready because there's going to be a lot of these kind of people coming in. I'm like, hallelujah. Glory to God. Bring them in. Let them find what they need here. Let them find what Christ has to offer them here. But in order for that to happen... There has to be an atmosphere that is created. There has to be an atmosphere that is created that makes that possible. That makes that not just possible, but makes it a surety or an assurance that when they come here, they're going to get what they need. So that was the introduction. 
Go with me to Hebrews 12. In Zion's realm. And we're going to start reading it uh, like the 18th verse. The writer of Hebrews says, For you have not come to the mountain that may be touched and that burned with fire and to blackness and darkness and tempest and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words so that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. For they could not endure what was commanded. And if so much as a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight of that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. Verse 22, 23, and 24 is kind of where we're going to go this morning. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly in the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkling of blood that speaks better things than that of Abel. One version says that it speaks better words than the blood of Abel spoke. I want to read it to you out of the Passion Version this morning quickly. It says, For we are not coming, as Moses did, to a physical mountain with its burning fire, thick clouds of darkness and gloom, and with a raging whirlwind. We are not those who are being warned by the jarring blast of a trumpet and the thundering voice and the fearful voice they begged to be silenced. They couldn't handle God's command that said, If so much as an animal approaches the mountain, it is to be stoned to death. The astounding phenomenon Moses' witness caused him to shudder with fear, and he could only say, I am trembling in terror. By contrast, we have already come near to God in a totally different realm, the Zion realm. For we have entered the city of the living God, which is the new Jerusalem in heaven. We have joined the festal gathering of myriads of angels in their joyous celebration and as members of the church of the firstborn, all our names have been legally registered as citizens of heaven. If that doesn't make you shout, then we need to have serious prayer with you. Come on. You are, when you, <laughs> glory, hallelujah. When you came to Jesus and you said, Jesus, forgive me. It's like the young lady that gave her heart to the Lord last week. That very moment, her name was registered in heaven as a citizen. Ha, glory. And we have come before God who judges all and who lives among the spirits of the righteous who have been made perfect in his eyes. And we have come to Jesus who established a new covenant with his blood sprinkled upon the mercy seat. The blood that continues to speak from heaven, forgiveness, a better message than that of Abel's blood, that Christ from the earth, justice. <laughs> Woo. 
It's a word that speaks forgiveness, grace, mercy. There is so much in this. I, there's no way that I can cover all of this. So I, I'm, I'm going to hit the highlights. So if you go back into Exodus 19, you can read where this first part of this where you can talk about, um, it talks about this mountain, Mount Sinai, you read in, in, in Exodus 19. And it makes a contrast between Mount Sinai and Mount Zion. So first of all, it, it, that word Sinai in, 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 in Hebrew means thorn bush. It's synonymous with a barren wasteland. Now the word Zion is really not even a Hebrew word. It's taken from the Arabic and it means fortified place or stronghold. So here's what we're contrasting. We're contrasting the thorn bush, barren wilderness, wasteland, with fortress and stronghold. Hang with me. We're going to get there. Sinai is the desert. Zion is the promised land. Sinai represents the thunder of law. Zion demonstrates the tender love on the part of God. Sinai represents temporary passing things. Zion represents eternal, perpetual things. Sinai is stern, forbidding, condemning. Zion is filled with glory and fulfillment. At Sinai, there's fear. At Zion, there's love. At Sinai, we have the perfect law. At Zion, we have perfect grace. At Sinai, you can't come into the glory. In Zion, you are taken from glory to glory. Hallelujah. So look at this. I'm hurrying. Really am. Two things here. The writer of Hebrews says you have not come to this dry, barren place called Sinai. You haven't come there, which means, in plain English, you don't have any business being there. It says about Zion, though, when he talks about the Mount of Zion, he says, the realm of Zion, he says, but you have come here. You are come here. When you accept Jesus as your Savior, you are given access to the realm of Zion, the realm of the fortress, the realm of the stronghold. We are coming into something which in heaven is absolute, full, and final. We have left the partial, we have left the figures, we have left the types, we have left the pictures of the old covenant, none of which reached fullness and finality. They only led us so far and then left us there. The old covenant only took us so far and then it left us there. 
But now we've come into the fullness of it all. Zion is the arrival of the soul into the fullness of God's design and intent. Zion, the fortress, the stronghold, is where we find the completeness and the fullness of God's design and intent. Quick, I'm going to go through these three things. Zion represents a place of complete and perfect work of Christ. John 19.32, you read where Jesus said this. Very simple statement, but the most powerful one that is in the Word of God. Without this statement, none of what we have is afforded to us. Three words. It is finished. Now, depending on which translation of this you read, it means it's completed or it's accomplished. Or it's come to fullness. T. Austin Sparks said this, Zion is where you discover God's mind for his people. It is in Zion that are found all those features and characteristics of a people wholly living according to the mind of the Lord. Now I thought about this. And I thought, I, 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 I read a lot. I've read a lot about great, great men and women of God, their lives. And for the longest time, I would walk away from those books with the most frustrated feeling in my heart. Like, how do I get there? I read about a guy named Edward Payson. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. A great man of prayer. It said that he prayed so hard and at such long periods of time that he literally wore grooves in the hardwood floor of his home from his knees being there. Yeah, I know. David Brainerd, another one who would go out into the snow and pray. And when he would kneel in the snow, it would be up almost to his shoulders. And by the time he was through praying, there would be an area of a number of feet around him that the snow was melted, the ground was dried from the intensity of his prayer. John Hyde had the nickname of Praying Hyde. Very instrumental in the, the revival that took place in India in the early 1900s, about the same time as Azusa Street and the Welsh revival. This guy, I, every time I read about this guy, and, and, and every one of these guys did not live very long lives. But this guy would literally, when they called him to eat, he would stop and he would ask the Lord if it was okay for him to eat. And if not, he'd say, go ahead. The Lord says, I have to stay here. And he would pray and he would fast for revival. 
I read about these guys, and it would frustrate me to no end. It would. Let me be honest with you. I was like, how, 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 how do I get there? Until I started realizing something. The same perfect work that they walked in is the same perfect work that is available to me. I'm going to start preaching to you now. Listen to this. God has not abandoned his full thought about his bride. God has not God has an intent and a design for his bride. And he has not abandoned that. He said, what did he say? He said, I'll build my church. I'll build my church. Gates of hell won't prevail against it. Nothing will stop it. He has not adapted his thought to the spiritual climate which exists and accepted it. He hasn't looked at the climate, the spiritual climate of the world and said, well, I got to make some changes here to my plan, to my intent, my design. No. That's not even on his radar. When he sees that, it's not even a, a thought in his mind about what the spiritual climate of the world is. He has determined from the very beginning his thought and his design for his church. And guess what? He's not going to change his mind. He's not going to change his intent. He's not going to change his mindset about what his bride should be and how he was going to use his bride. Boy, you're quiet this morning. He still holds to all that he ever thought and intended in his son, Jesus Christ, and the presence of the Holy Spirit. He has that full thought and intention already laid out. Now, some of this, it's going to stretch you. But you got this. Listen, folks, this is where God takes us, and this is where God is going to take us, and where God is going to use us in this third great awakening. And we have to get this into our spirit. We have to get this into our understanding that we are not citizens of this world. The writer of Hebrews said that we're looking for a city, Zion, whose builder and maker is God. That's where we're looking. That's where our focus must be. That's where our focus has to be. God's not going to change his mind about anything. He will do what he said he will do. He's going to do exactly what he has determined to do. And we either have the choice of getting on board with him or getting run over in the process. The realm of Zion is where God's whole thought as to what his people should be is activated. See, this realm of Zion is where God activates all this stuff, where it becomes activated in you and me. 
a people wholly abandoned to the highest and fullest thought and interests of God. We have come to the all-inclusive and all-comprehending thought and intention of God for his people. That's what's in Zion. The full intent for you of what God has and wants you to be. That's where it exists. In the fortress, in the stronghold. Place of enlightenment, revelation, the veil's taken away. Coming into all that God has placed for us in his son. Christ is the sum total of all of God's work. Think about this. I was going to read you this scripture, but I don't know if I'm in. Second Corinthians 3.18. And it talks about how we're not like Moses. When Moses went into the glory and he came out, he had to veil his face because Israel couldn't, couldn't look on his face. But it says there in 2 Corinthians 3.18 that we are not like that. It says, but whenever Moses, you, you've heard this scripture, whenever, the, even now today when the law is read, it's still veiled on the face and the veil is still there. But thank God, when Jesus said it was finished, what did he do? What did he do? He tore the veil. He took the veil away. It says here that we all in unveiled face continually see as in a mirror the glory of God and are being progressively transformed into the image of him and his son. One degree of glory to even more glory. You want to gauge where you are? Gauge it by this. Am I going from glory to glory? Is the revelation of the Holy Spirit re revelation to me causing me to constantly go to a different level? And somehow we got this idea that we, we, we have to stay in this, this, this rut we're in. That once God reveals something to us, we got to stay there. That, that, that was Israel's mindset. You see, they would wait, and they would watch, and the, and, and the glory would settle as a cloud on the, on the tabernacle, and Moses would go in, and they'd sit and they'd watch, and they'd wait till Moses came out until they moved. They moved according to what the glory was in somebody else's life. They moved according to what the glory was taking place with somebody else, and that's what they moved on. But see, in the Zion realm, you move off of the glory that God is doing in you. You move in your level of transformation, your level of glory, your level of where God's taken you. The realm of Zion is a place where people are moving in complete and perfect work of Christ. A people who embody the complete work of the Lord. Oh, my goodness. Do you realize that that's what the realm of Zion, where we're dwelling, what we're supposed to be? We're supposed to be revealing the complete work of the Lord. Boy, that'll give you cause to think, won't it? That'll shake you up, won't it? Oh, my God.
Zion is a place of supreme glory, power, and authority. The realm of Zion is a place of complete power, authority, and glory. See, Israel had to wait. And they, like I said, they, they would have to wait for the glory to descend. And when the glory descended, they'd wait. And then when it lifted, they'd move again. A.B. Simpson said, we must learn to live on the heavenly side and look at things from above. To contemplate all things as God sees them, as Christ beholds them, overcomes sin, defies Satan, dissolves perplexities, lifts us above trials, separates us from the world, and conquers fear of death. When we're in the realm of Zion, we are dwelling not by ourselves, but we are dwelling with Christ. Listen to this. Ephesians 2.6 in the Living Translation says, For he raised us up from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Did you hear what I said? You are seated. Christ's picture of you is seated beside him in heavenly places. Paul said in another one of his writings, far above all principality, far above all power, and all dominion. That's where Jesus is sitting. And he has called us to, boy, oh boy, man, he's called us to sit with him there. He's called us to dwell there with him in the same place. When we are seated in the realm of Zion, we're seated besides Christ. Seated with Christ is our, right now, this is our positional reality. Now, this will, come, this will come to pass in the physical. One of these days, Jesus is going to come back, and he's going to get us, and we're going to be seated there with him physically. But right now, this is a, this is a spiritual place where we are at. Bodily, we don't sit in those heavenly places yet, but spiritually, we do. Am I, am I getting through to you this morning? Is, is Holy Spirit getting through this through to you this morning? God's got a place for you to dwell. And it's not down here on this earth with your eyes on the ground looking at everything that's going around you and walking in fear and doubt and saying, woe is me. No, God's got you put in a place where you can look and say, yeah, things may be bad, but guess what? I know in whom I have believed. I know who the captain of my ship is. And I know, I know, I know who wins. Hallelujah. Good preaching, Mark. Thank you. 
The realm of Zion is a spiritual place. As a result, it cannot be governed by physical or natural laws or principles. I'm going to say that again. The realm of Zion is a spiritual place. And because of that, it cannot be governed by natural or physical laws or precepts. The occupants of this realm are not under control of man-made or physical precepts, but they are under the control of spiritual laws and precepts. That's what guides them. They're guided not according to what is seen, but they're guided by what is unseen. They're guided by the principle that says we can call those things which are not as though they were. The occupants of this realm are not under control of man-made natural ideals, precepts, but they're under spiritual. The believer moves in sync with the precepts of the realm, and these precepts are spiritual. They override natural precepts. Man, are, are, is this getting into your spirit? I, 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 when you're in dwelling in this realm of Zion, the, the, the things of the, of, of the world, the things of the flesh do not and are not what govern you. You are governed by Holy Spirit. You're governed by what he thinks, what he says. You're governed by his attitudes. You're, guarded, you're, you're governed by his reactions. When you get to work and that person at work that just rubs you the wrong way, you see them. If you're walking in the realm of Zion, then guess what? You don't see them as an annoyance. You see them as opportunity. I'm preaching to somebody this morning. You see it as opportunity. You see it as opportunity to display the character and the nature of Christ to that person. And you quit forgetting, and you forget how much they annoy you and how much they get on your nerves. Because you know what? You're dwelling in the realm of Zion now. And that's not how they, the people, the ones who dwell in that realm, that they're, not, they're not ruled by that natural, fleshly, worldly mindset. It's the mindset of Christ. It's the character of Jesus. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that is manifesting through you. It's a total absurdity to try to merge them with man-made or natural precepts. (laughs) It's an absurdity to get that person who dwells in the realm of Zion to go and to live their life by these man-made principles and these natural precepts. They cannot do it. 
the only thing that has control or authority over the life of a believer is the precepts of the realm they choose to live in. The only thing that rules a person is the precepts of the realm they choose to live in. You're either living in one of the two. You're either living in the natural realm or you're living in the spiritual realm. You're either dwelling at Sinai or you're dwelling in Zion. There's no middle ground here. It's a place of power. For Zion then means that we have access to the power and glory and authority and the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. Jesus said in John 19, I believe it is, he said, I've given you, or Luke 19, he said, I've given you all power, all power and authority. Do you realize, and I mentioned this last week, God has left nothing to chance. Everything that you need, everything that you need to live in this realm of Zion, he has provided for you. If you need patience, he's provided patience. If you needed a calm spirit, he's provided a calm spirit for you. Am I the only one that this has got into him this morning? It's a place of power, a force at work which continues and persists and overcomes even when all the adverse forces of the world are at work to frustrate and stop the advancement of the kingdom. It's a work that overcomes everything that the enemy is trying to do to slow you down. In a way, we become untouchable. <laughs> yeah, see the look I'm getting. Bye. What are you talking about? You see, the work that God does in us he doesn't allow the enemy to touch. I'm going to say it again. The work that God does in us, he does not allow the enemy to touch that work. He's already designed it. He's already made the intent. He's already made the purpose. And God says no. Now, if that gets thwarted, guess who the problem's with? That's right. Go look in the mirror. But God will not let the enemy take his work out of your life. He guards it. He watches over it. What did he say in, in the book of Jeremiah? He said, I'm watching over my word to perform it. I'm looking at it. I'm watching it. I'm making sure of it. The work goes on, and the work goes on, and the work goes on. God does not get tired. He does not get weary. He does not even get frustrated. He just keeps working. He keeps bringing us around. He keeps bringing us back. He keeps working in us. He keeps talking to us. He keeps ministering to us 
all for the purpose of getting us to where we dwell in this realm of Zion. I'm almost done, believe it or not. I'm hurrying. Zion is a place of our spiritual triumph and victory. Zion is the place of our spiritual triumph and victory. The first place that this word Zion is ever mentioned is in 2 Samuel 5, 7. It's a story. David's been crowned and he's been crowned as king. And so they go up to this place. Now remember, when he was first crowned king, his, his headquarters was in Hebron. So he goes up to Jerusalem. Guess what they called Jerusalem before it was called Jerusalem. I'm going to read it to you real quick. Second Samuel chapter 5. <laughs> if you haven't gotten anything else, this is going to this is going to light you up. It tells a story about how David and his men went up to Jerusalem. And Jerusalem was so fortified. It was a fortress. It was a stronghold. And they said, we don't even have to put our best people on the wall. It's that formidable, and it's that un, 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 you can't conquer. It's not that unconquerable. We can put our crippled people. We can put our halt people. We can put those, not the sharpest knives in the kitchen, we can put them on the wall, and it's so fortified that you still won't be able to get in there. It says, nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion. David took the fortress. David took the stronghold. Smith Wigglesworth said, those who dwell here dwell with God, and they have been freed from people, freed from seeking the honor of men and even of Christian leaders. They have also been freed from being offended, from complaining and grumbling, and from bitterness and envy. They are now free to love others even as Jesus loved them, irrespective of whether or not they are loved in return. See, Zion was a place that was deemed unconquerable. Zion was a place that could not be conquered. A place no enemy could overcome. Do you know what the enemy will try to do to keep you out of Zion? He will tell you. You can't. You can't come out of that. Now, I'm preaching to somebody here right now. He'll tell you. You can't do that. What about this? What about this? The hold that I have on you cannot be conquered. There's nothing you can do about it. You are what you are. The enemy will tell you, you can't escape. You can't ever win. Maybe you've never been there, but I know I have. I faced things where the enemy said, you're not getting through this one. 
You're not getting past this one. You're not getting by this one. That addiction I put in you is too strong. That bondage I have in your life, it's too strong. You will not escape. You're mine. Every difficulty, every adversity, opposition, trial, provocation, every bit of pressure and oppression is used by the Lord to develop in us the spirit of Zion. It's to develop a spirit of victory. It's to develop a spirit of going up, taking a victorious position over issues and bondages that the enemy says cannot be conquered. And every day we live in endless opportunities of whether we're going to listen to that junk. Every day you have the opportunity to decide whether you're going to listen to that junk or not. Listen to this, though. You see, David went in, and he conquered what was claimed to be unconquerable. And then he made that his place that could not be conquered. Oh, some of you, this is going to get to you here. And he made it his place that could not be overcome. You'll find yourself when you're living in this realm of Zion that the place the enemy said cannot be breached or conquered becomes the place where you dwell. And now it becomes the fortress that the enemy cannot breach or overcome. <laughs> wow. Ha. Ha ha. You ought to be shouting right about now. Listen, that thing that the enemy said, you'll never get over. When you dwell in Zion, God says, I've given you everything in need. That's my territory. And now I'm going to take what you said, devil, would not be conquered, and I'm going to use it, and I'm going to tell you, hands off, you can't come in. This is not your dwelling place. And that's what happens when you start dwelling in Zion. The Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit begins to rise up in you. And when the enemy comes with these things, you say, nope, you can't conquer me. You can't overcome me. You can't feed me those lies anymore. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, folks. This is where God's taken us. This is where God's taken the church. This is where God's taken those that will live and do what Daniel said, that, 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 that will be strong and do exploits in this time. I'm telling you what, God is on the move. And I'm, that's not just a, a, a nice, polite statement. It is the truth. God is moving, and God is on the march. I'm going to close with this. I woke up, had a dream, and I, I woke up at, the Lord told me to look at the clock. When I woke up, it was 
and I've only had this happen one other time. But he said, write this down. I texted Pastor Sean this morning and gave it to him and made sure that it fit and it resonated in his spirit. He wrote me back and he said he loved it. This is what the Lord spoke to me this morning. 350. And he said, write it down. He said, this word has a high anointing over it. Because it is a vital element in his plan. He said to mark today, because what you see from this moment forward is an increase in intensity and acceleration of flow and anointing. He said con, con, conversions will leave even the strongest in faith and the most ardent believer shocked and amazed at their magnitude, their intensity, and their numbers. He said the atmosphere of anointing will increase and intensify, bringing with it signs, wonders, and miracles that will move the hardest of hearts and convince the greatest of skeptics. He's not talking about Faith Chapel. He's not talking about Friendship Church. He's talking about Faith Fellowship Church. This is what we are going to see. Oh, come on. I'm speaking this this morning under the anointing that the Holy Spirit gave me. I don't wake up at 3.50 in the morning. Not for anything. (laughs) It's a stretch to get me out of bed that early to go hunting. I popped out of bed. I was wide awake, and the Holy Spirit said, start writing, son. Conversions that are going to stagger us by their magnitude, by the intensity of them, and the numbers of them. Pastor Sean, I don't know if you're listening, but you better get ready for a bigger church. It's a hub. What's the Lord told us in past times? It's a hub. This is a hub. People are going to come in, and they are going to experience the power and the glory of, of, of the Holy Spirit. They are, they are going to come from lives that you would never even thought of. They are going to come from the gutter. They are going to come from the slum. They are going to come from the penthouse and every place in between. And they are going to have an encounter with God that is going to shake them to the very center of their being, and they will never, ever be the same again. Come on. Come on. I, I didn't dream this up. 
I don't dream these things. Like I said, I don't get up at 3.50 in the morning. I just, I don't. Kath will tell you, it's a stretch for her to get me out of bed at 7. The Lord went on to say this. He said to beware. Because the enemy will send in plants. People who will seem to be like-minded and in sync with the flow of the anointing. But their purpose is to taint and defile what Holy Spirit is doing. They're coming. They are coming. I saw them this morning. Now, all of this is predicated on a dream I had. I saw them. Lord says not to concern yourself with that too much. Because he will not allow it to succeed. He said he himself will expose them and root them out. He said some who are exposed will repent. And he will turn them and use them in the flow. <laughs> it's the old what God, what the enemy intended for evil, God, and God turns for good. So he said you must be quick to forgive and accept them. Listen, the Lord's going to root them out. We don't even have to do it. I actually saw it was the craziest thing. And I, 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 Lord said not to share the dream, so I'm not telling you. But I actually saw handcuffs. I actually saw people handcuffed. And in the next moment, they were gone. But I also saw people repenting. I also saw people in tears. And I saw church people gathered around them. I saw you gathered around them. And then he emphasized this. Stay focused on the flow. Stay focused on the flow. Listen. Again, this, this is Holy Spirit talking to you. This is, this is how things work in the Zion realm. Holy Spirit speaks. He doesn't beat around the bush. He makes himself plain. He makes himself understandable. Huh. Wait till you hear this. Oh. Ha-ha. <laughs> He said he will do this because this is his time. He said he will do this because this is his time. His movement. He said, rest assured, he is monitoring every aspect of this awakening. And he will not allow the enemy to stop it. And then he emphasized this. It has begun. No more waiting, people. No more waiting. No more longing. This is what I have waited my whole life to see. This is what I have dreamed about. This is what my heart has longed for. 
And God said, it's my time. It's your time. You're going to see what I've shown you. You're going to see the things in reality that I've showed you in the dream. You're going to see the reality of the things that I've shown you. You're going to see me sovereignly touching my people and moving among my people. Man, I'm telling you what, this is all over me. This is what happens when you dwell in the Zion realm. This is what dwelling in the Zion realm is all about, folks. It's about preparation. It's about readiness. It's about preparing and being ready. Because I am telling you, God is coming. God is moving. He is on his way. We don't even, forget that. He's not on his way. He's here. Holy Spirit is on his way. He's not waiting anymore. He's not hovering anymore. He is here among us. And if you can't feel it this morning, if you could not feel it in that word, my Lord, my Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Hmm. I don't even know how to shut this thing down. God's saying it's his time. This is his time. The enemy's had his time. The enemy's had his 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 time. God said, now this is my time. And there is nothing the enemy can do to stop it. I said, there's nothing that the enemy can do to stop it. So you're going to decide. You're going to decide where you're dwelling. You're happy with status quo life as it is? Good, God will leave you there. He's not going to bug you. Mike said it this morning. He's a gentleman, or maybe it was Rick that said it in in. in in the earlier session. He's a gentleman. He'll leave you right there. But you will miss out. You will miss out on what God wants to do for you and in you and through you. You'll miss it. And you will stand before him. And you will have to answer for what you did with what he gave you. You will stand before him. And you will answer the question, what did you do? I wanted to do this in you. What happened? Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.